Welcome to Where RA Now, a podcast dedicated to catching up with former RAs and hearing where their journey of life has taken them since their glory days at New York University. My name is Tom Ellett, and I serve as the Senior Associate VP of Student Affairs, and I will be the host for this evening's episode. And again, uh, we are doing that because there are no RAs right now. We have asked them to go home and take care of themselves during the COVID-19. But tonight, I'm very glad to introduce our guest, Nikki Robinson, who served as an RA in Hayden Hall at the time, now it's called Lipton, for Allison during the 1996-1997 academic year. Welcome, Nikki, and thanks for joining on tonight's show. It's a pleasure having you on. It's a pleasure being on the show. Thank you so much. Absolutely. So tell us, where are you and how are you? Um, As you know, we're going through a pandemic right now. Um, However, I'm in very good spirits. I'm currently located in New York City uh, and um, currently under quarantine. Ah, yep. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that. And I do appreciate you being on during these very difficult times. Um, So thank you for that. Uh, Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you've done since you graduated from New York University? Sure. Um, I graduated in 1998. Um, From there, I went on to the University of Denver School of Law, where I received a full academic scholarship. Um, I graduated um, from there and then worked for a NFL agent upon um, receiving my law degree. Um, Worked for about about a year and a half for the NFL agent. Then um, I decided to move back to New York. During my last year of law school, I interned with the SEC, the Securities Exchange Commission. So I leveraged that experience um, and obtained a position in compliance um, at Merrill Lynch. And I worked um, in finance from, I would say, 2004 through 2016. Wow. So you've had some really interesting career choices for yourself. And we'll go through all of those in a little bit. But let's jump back to your time at Washington Square. What did you study as an undergraduate? Um, I was pre-med um, and an economics major. Were you involved in extracurricular activities, though you seem to have a pretty heavy academic load at the time? Uh, I actually pledged Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Uh, I was actively working. Um, not only was not I an RA, but I was also working at the executive MBA program, as well as um, party promoting um, in the New York City area. Fantastic. Um, what made you want to be an RA back in the day? Well, I'm a people person, as you know. Um, besides of me working on Wall Street, I also own a company by the name of Good Girl PR, which is a public relations company. So I've always been a very outgoing and gregarious person. So I loved resonating with um, fellow students. In fact, many of the students that I was an RA of, I'm still in contact with. Fantastic. It really is impressive how RAs continue that community development way long past the time that they're an RA. Um, how about yeah. how about the residents? How did you develop that relationship? Um, I don't think I took my power for granted, so to speak, or my position. I think I've always tried to treat others the way I like to be treated, mm-hmm. and I think they all appreciate that. Um, two of my... Um, residents 
are, you know, my friends on Facebook, I check on them, Steve um, and Calvin. Um, moreover, I uh, created friendships with other people on other floors, um, and they're my friends. Did you uh, enjoy the Hayden experience? And it, you know, it has a dining hall there, really uh, a place that's very popular among students to live. Well, I came from Carlisle with, with no meal plan. So becoming an RA and moving to Hayden with a meal plan was definitely a different experience. It took a lot of pressure off me. So I could focus more on academics rather than having to cook, um, you know, and work to buy food. Um, so it definitely was a, a great experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Hayden rooms were nice, you know. Um, one of the rooms I had had a view of the Empire State Building. Oh, um, fantastic. It had a northern... Um, another northern view so it, it was definitely a blessing mm-hmm. my son uh, went to NYU and lived in uh, Hayden for his freshman year and uh, had a great time there tell me a little bit about what were some of the biggest issues happening on campus during your time you know what I think my hit was down a lot um, I kind of wish I was a little bit more active on campus I was always just working a lot um, to help pay for tuition um, I wasn't a scholarship student at NYU, um, so a lot of the financial burden was on me and my mom and my grandparents. Um, I can't really attest to that. <laughs> uh, I I was I was just really focused and always on the move. Yeah, it sounds like you took full advantage of the New York City opportunity and NYU. Tell me what kind of skills you gained while you were an RA. That's a good point. I, I would say discipline, consistency, empathy, you know, emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is something I don't think they teach in school, so to speak, but you learn from experiences. Absolutely. Uh, that's it. Were you, were you surprised, when you look back at your time and reflect on it, were you surprised by anything that you did or um, sticks in your mind as really one of those pinnacle growing moments for you? It's so funny that you mentioned that I had a heavy academic load. I never felt like I was working hard enough, you know. And I guess looking back, I guess I was working really hard. And I was doing and juggling a lot that most people are not able to handle. So I've learned to kind of like give myself a pat on the back. And this is like 20 years later. Because as of probably four years ago, I probably didn't think I was working hard enough either. So I think I've just learned to take a step back and kind of look at all the things that I've done and things that I've experienced and how all those experiences are education. What was the best aspect of being a student and attending NYU, which is really such a non-traditional college campus? I would say just navigating city life. Um, I kind of encounter people who maybe moved here after college or after grad school. And they're kind of lost in the city. Uh, it's hard for them to get around. They don't know east and west, north and south. They don't know all the streets in lower Manhattan and all the little, the small streets and all the names and all the shortcuts. Um, so I think being at NYU taught me how to navigate New York City and to feel confident in doing it because I've done it for so long. Um, it definitely gives you an advantage. You feel comfortable. Absolutely. 
let, let's change a little bit now to talk a little bit about your career. So you graduate from NYU, and what's the next step after graduation for you? Oh, I attended law school uh, at the University of Denver. I focused on tax and corporate corporate law um, and securities. Corporate law and securities are only one semester, so it's not anything that's like takes a lot of time. Tax is more um, involved. But, um, you know, I was an econ major, math person, so focused more on like mathematical type things in law school, but then realized that because I have a so math and science heavy, I needed to, you know, work on my writing skills, which weren't bad, but they could have been improved. And so I would say after graduating from law school, I took jobs where I was forced to like write all day. So I've, you know, been a policies and procedures writer in a legal compliance department, you know, writing about hedge funds and fixed income and mutual funds and broker dealer business. And I can go on and on, but I've forced and challenged myself to kind of work through it. And now I own a PR company and all I do is write. Fantastic. So, you know, that writing skill is so important and critical for your development, but you were pre-med. And so it sounded like at some point you may have thought about medical field for yourself and then decided to flip into the law track. How did that work out? Well, as I mentioned, I, was a, I wasn't a scholarship student at NYU. Um, I had maxed out all of my federal money to pay for school. And I didn't want to go into private loan debt by going to med school. Um, it would have been probably... $300,000 I would have owned after I was uh, done, and I received a full ride to law school. So for the first time in my life, I don't have to worry about money, and I don't have to worry about paying for school. The law school was close to my grandparents' home, who were very supportive of me throughout my entire life, including college. Um, so they, you know, gave me a car, they supported me, and, you know, I thought it was a great opportunity to get a, you know, a free education or a subsidized education. Um, I actually took a year off of law school because I wanted to be a doctor and I, I wasn't in love with the law. But again, the, the debt kind of scared me as well as the amount of time I would have had to spend in school. But I would say that now a lot of my friends are doctors. Um, one of my good friends is a pediatrician. My other good friend is a psychiatrist. And I read a lot. I read a lot of medical journals still. And I talk to them, you know. So I continue to read, and I'm still interested in that aspect. Um, but I just never formally got educated in it. So, But who's to say I can't go to medical school um, in my 50s? Um, I know people who have gone to medical school in their 50s and maybe a, a family friend, actually, went to Harvard, got a medical school degree, and then he created ER, the television show. So, you know, you can do anything you want to do. A lot of times it didn't take money, unfortunately. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I think I really appreciate you sharing that journey piece of, of going down a different career because of the financial obstacles, uh, but realizing that the financial wherewithal that you're working for yourself now may leave those other doors wide open for you down the road. Um, and I think sometimes students think that this is the only path I can possibly do and I got to do it right now and don't realize that there are a lot of opportunities down the road 
based on how we create our path today. And it sounds like you were very thoughtful about that process for yourself. Yes. I mean, every, every step of my life takes me to the next level and I exercise and I eat clean and take care of myself and I can maintain myself so that I can have a long life. So Nikki, um, you finished with your law degree at University of Denver and now you have a decision to make as it, how am I going to use this law degree? What were the decisions that you used to drive you into the next career step? I don't know. I just really enjoyed my tax classes. I think I enjoyed them. I'll be honest with you. Um, I worked so hard when I was at NYU that I ended up owing taxes. <laughs> I decided that I never wanted to owe taxes again. And so I just really enjoyed learning about like tax loopholes and like business structure and tax advantages and I love my wills and trust classes, estate planning, you know, just things that you can use to empower your family, like practical things. Right. And so your first job out of law school was? I worked for NFL agents with the premise of working for an agency, but providing like tax advice to the NFL players. But this is a crazy story. My law school professor was also a top NFL agent. And for for whatever reason, they thought that I was, like, working with him and trying to, like, you know, they were being territorial. They they wanted to make sure that I was loyal to them. And they didn't really want me to work on the agency side because of this relationship with this other NFL agent. You know, it's a really competitive industry. And they ended up sticking me in, like, the PR department and... I was doing PR for, like, Jerome Bettis and Erity George and Samari Roll. They had, like, this fashion line called Elite. And I really enjoyed doing it, doing that. And one thing that I don't think a lot of people know is that, yeah, you might have a lot of degree, but that doesn't necessarily mean you know how to get clients or know how to maintain relationships. So I feel like the PR experience after law school kind of, taught me how to get clients, how to feel confident. Like if I want to launch my own law firm, I know I know how to get clients and I know how to keep the clients and I know how to keep them coming. Um, that's not something they teach you in college and law school. So you, you have this entrepreneurial spirit clearly in you. Uh, and so you move on from the NFL, but then you you make a little bit of a movement to the big financial firms. Yeah, so when I was working for the NFL agent, I think he was paying me $8 an hour. I was severely underpaid. I was living at home. And, you know, people get kind of judgmental when you're, like, living at home and not making any money. It's like, oh, you have a lot of you, but you're here. So um, I understood what the big picture was, but I, I don't think the people around me did. My grandparents did, but I don't think my extended family understood. They were very judgmental and very hard on me. So I just decided, you know what, like, let me just go work in finance. Finance pays really well. And I was good at it. But uh, when 2008 hit the mortgage crisis, things got really bad. And so that's when I started my PR company because, and I think people will learn from this pandemic that you should always have multiple streams of revenue. You should never have all your eggs in one basket. So I started this PR firm um, out of necessity, but also because I'm good at it and it's something that I like. Um, 
and I still have that company 12 years later. And now there's a pandemic and the employment rate has increased. There's millions of people unemployed because they only had one job. Um, but I got the memo from 2008. I, I would never allow that to happen to me again. So I'd love to hear some tips that you would um, share with RAs as it relates to how do you keep yourself so um, more than solvent, right? Um, you know, flourishing during times that are really difficult. And I would like to draw upon that writing skill. We've talked a little bit about it before, but you know, as a writer, English major myself, writing is transferable to anything you need to do in life. And it seems like you have honed that skill exceedingly well. I mean, perfect example is uh, one of my clients is a major magazine and they're closing the magazine. And I got an email about writing a caption for an event that I helped promote. But again, if I didn't have writing skills, I wouldn't be able to write that caption, right? And then when I read the other captions, because she sent me an example, I noticed a typo. And I said, oh, by the way, I just noticed this minor typo. And I explained the reason for the change. She said, thanks. Um, when you have good writing skills and deductive reasoning skills, you bring value no matter where you're at. So you said about 12 years ago you started uh, Good Girl PR. Can you talk a little bit about what your company does? Sure. Um, you know, having a law degree, I just know how to build a business from start to finish. So ultimately, my clients come to me either with a new business idea or an established business, and they need my help in packaging it so that they can have a presence um, in the world and online. Um, again, I developed those skills really from just, like I said, being an RA, party promoting, working at the executive MBA program, working in finance, you know, that's policies and procedures, that's process oriented. That's how you run a business. It might just be a department, but it's a business, right? Within a business. Um, so I kind of transferred all those skills and I empower people to, to have an idea and like actually make it happen. It, it really makes me happy when I help create something for people who otherwise didn't think they would be able to do it. How did you get featured in the articles for Inc. Magazine and Forbes? Pitched myself as a publicist. Whatever idea that I have, I have the ability to get press for. Like literally this week, I have four op media opportunities. And if I wasn't homeschooling, I probably could have more. Being a PR person gives you access to um, editors and writers and just random opportunities that you can infuse whatever you're, you know, working on into if it's applicable. Um, but that was the whole goal of having my PR co company to be able to 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 launch any business that I wanted and have a machine behind me to support it. And my PR company has my email list since I was party promoting at NYU until today. You know, it's, it's 20 years of, of contact and work. And, and that's an important aspect to, to tell our young, um, young RAs about the whole idea of networks, because I think at NYU, and probably any college I've worked at, that you'll see upper-class students not continuing to grow that network. I have my friends. I don't need to go any further. Um, and I think it's a fallacy that we continue to need our networks. And it sounds like you have done that exceedingly well. Yeah, I mean, I didn't get it at first, you know. But 
I think after working for the NFL agent, I realized that everything's about your network, Mm -hmm. especially when I saw him trying to utilize my network. Like this is one of the top NFL agents in the country and he wants access to my network. Um, it's weird. Sometimes you need people to legitimize you a little bit. Absolutely. To give you confidence to to know that, you know, what you're doing is right and you're on the right track. And, and that $8 an hour position gave that to me. Mm-hmm. When I was at NYU, I was never, I, if you offered me a non-paid internship, I was not doing it. I had to make 15 to $20 an hour. Sometimes I had jobs that paid $25 an hour. This was in the 90s. Wow. I was about getting paid because I had tuition to pay. I had clothes to buy and I needed to buy a MetroCard. Or at that time, you had tokens. But the point is is that I needed money to survive at NYU. Um, But that $8 an hour job, the one that I probably wouldn't have taken in college, taught me so much. Um, So sometimes experiences don't have to be paid. It's all about what you learn from it as well that's that's valuable as well mm-hmm. tell me your most memorable moment in the field that you've done so far i think in finance um i'm still in contact with this particular uh direct report uh i would say writing um the anti-money laundering manual for hsbc bank mm and getting it approved by the Federal Reserve Bank. Um, I did that in 2011 after taking um, kind of like a hiatus from 2008 to 2011. I told you the market was bad. Yep. Um, and getting back into finance and never having done it before, but doing a great job um, at it. Um, that was huge for me. And then them asking me to do more like risk assessments, random things that I've never done, but I had an econ uh, background. I'm good at math. So I can do a risk assessment, right? I know how to multiply. I know percentages. I can write. So figured it out, right? Yeah. Um, PR-wise, I would say that I helped brand a feature film called Showing Roots. Um, it was already packaged, but they ended up selling, selling the film to Lifetime TV, but they used everything that I did, everything that I packaged from branding to press release to um, the movie premiere launch event, all me. Um, Again, never had done it before, but I got it done and they were so impressed. So I think those are like the two big highlights of my career. Well, they're impressive. And I I love the fact that you have gotten to the top of your field in two different fields. And like you said, um, medicine's down the road for you too, probably as well. Yeah, I I actually just wrote a book. Um, I was bored on a Saturday and I I wrote a book. It's not very long. It's only like 30 pages, but it's called A Quick Guide to How to Survive the Coronavirus in 2020 Using Common Sense. And the book is really just about all these, you know, medical journals that I've read and like articles from legitimate sources that I've read and talking to my, my um, doctor friends. And now the CDC is saying everything that I said three weeks ago. Um, it's, 
you know, life is really interesting. <laughs> like reading is fundamental, you know, and being able to like sift through the BS and know what's right and what's wrong because you're educated and you know what makes sense, right? Is your book um, on Amazon or yeah. on any other venues that uh, platforms? Actually, Amazon Amazon would not accept my book. Um, Instagram would not let me advertise my book. Hmm. All very interesting to me. Um, so I sold it independently on. Um, I started a URL Can you called NikkiWritesEbooks dot com. Um, Nikki Wright N I C K I E Wright Ebooks dot com. Um, because since I've written this 30 page ebook, now I want to write like another book that's longer. And then I'm interested in writing a children's book as well. My daughter actually came up with the idea she that I should write a children's co-author book. co-author with you, sounds like. Yeah, that's great. Um, yes. Let's move to shout out time. Do you stay in contact with any of the RA alums that you worked with during your time at NYU? I don't. I actually stay more in contact mm-hmm. with um, the residents. So, um, Alon Diaz, Lydia Tolbert, Steve Rotor, Calvin Breyers. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, like Great. the residents in the Now building, we're going to jump to our sure. speed round and hear some of your NYU favorite memories. What was a tradition that you really enjoyed while you were at NYU? I mean, would you consider walking through Washington Square Park a tradition? Yes, I would. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Did you go abroad while you were here? No, I did not. I wish I would have. What was what was the best NYC place to hang out as a student? Clubs or? <laughs> yeah, it could be clubs. It could be. Uh... I used to love the tunnel. Okay. Did you uh, see a Broadway show while you were an NYU student? Jelly's Last Jam. I don't know if that was like before NYU or during NYU, but Jelly's Last Jam. Great. Finally, what was your most memorable RA experience? There were some residents on my floor that definitely needed like hugs and like emotional support. So I think just being there for them was important. And it's really important for you to be remembered that. Um, because our students do need the RAs. It's such a vital part of our community, for sure. Uh, Nikki, I want to thank you for spending some time. And you're so impressive. Mother, entrepreneur, uh, and educator, right? You're writing books and educated. You're continuing to fill your own brain with the knowledge that you need for the next steps in your career. So um, very impressive. Thank you for spending some time with us. Thank you, and stay blessed, and I was actually going to create a flyer around this interview for tomorrow, so as soon as I have it done, I'll send it to you. So great. As always, I want to also thank our listeners who can stay connected with RA alums who live the Dream School alumni version. Special thanks to my engineer, Alejandra Ravala, and our executive producer, Shahara Ranasang and to the current professional staff and alums like Allison, who assisted these great RA alums in skill acquisition along the way. If you like the show, look for more content on the RA alumni website, which lists RA favorite books, picks of all-time favorite RA memories, alumni accomplishments, and books that RA alums write. Until next time, remember to thank those in our healthcare system 
for all they're doing to assist those who need us most now. Thank you. Thank you.